How was your one day trip to, to Lewis? So less than a day. Less well, no, we arrived. Maybe it was less than a day. I have no <laughs> idea when we arrived. But yeah, it was nice. It was a nice little trip home. Surprised my papa with uh we're here. And he went, Am I in Glasgow? But your hiding I I I hear didn't go quite so well. Well, we weren't really planning to hide. We were supposed to surprise him. Right. But he just walked by, walked into the house a bit earlier than expected. So I was just we were in the middle of making cups of tea and stuff. Not really in the, in a good place to be like surprise. So I just pretended to hide, and it was real funny. It was real, real funny. <laughs> Sounds great. Sounds like you had a lovely time. Well, I mean, actually, this is time quite well because you've just come back from being home, and I'm about to go home as of Wednesday. Uh, but I'm back the following Tuesday. So, seesaw fans, the show shall go on, as the the, the phrase goes. Yes, we may only be in the same city and with computers on our person for a couple of hours but we will record for you in that time well i don't know if i was suggesting that i was suggesting that maybe next tuesday when i'm back in glasgow i'll do that because i'm on holiday man i need to well, like I do holiday things but next tuesday is like a week so that's, that's pretty good exactly i mean so we record we record now in our small amount of overlap and then we record then and probably another small amount of overlap it's great. See, old Seesaw would not have gone to this effort. Old Seesaw would have been like, no, it's fine. We can wait for another 10 we days. We can wait a couple of weeks, yeah. <laughs> exactly. This is dedication. This is renewed vigor. That's what that is. Uh, a phrase I never thought I'd say. Maybe we're grown up. We've grown up a little. I mean, this show has been running for an awfully long time. Maybe too long, some would say. I, 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 have, I feel like I have physically aged. I can feel my <laughs> joints aching more than they were when we started this show. It's now just it's just part of life. It's just like, oh yeah, I need to do Seesaw Pride at some point this week. And then edit it, upload it, and promote it. Promote it, yeah. Promote it. My favourite part of the show is when we promote it. <laughs> it's actually a new technique of cooking. Promoting. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's when you lather something all over all the walls so everybody can see it, but then no one wants to taste it. So Ooh. that's what promosting is. That's if you've done a bad promost. If you've promosted <laughs> well, everyone wants to get their tongues on that. <laughs> right. Or their ear holes. Tongues, ears, everything. Anyway, Seasal Parade, episode yep. 131. It's a classic good start. Solid start. Uh, I'm Colin, he's James. Yep. And welcome to your remaining 40 minutes of banality. I know. I noticed uh, some people, um, or rather, in particular, uh, our new fan, David. I'm sorry to reference him for a third week in, run, uh, third week in a row. Hey, David, our oldest fan. But he, he said uh, in uh, a brief chat last week, um, in person, because we do have chats with our fans in, in person, and he said, like, a compliment he could give the show was that it's the perfect podcast to fall asleep to. Hey. And, in, and initially I was kind of like, oh, I mean, kind of want you to listen to it. But he's like, it's just, you know, it's easy listening. It's not like you're going to miss out on an episode. You have to catch up with the previous episode. You could just like jump straight in or sleep straight in and then you wake up and bam, Seesaw's yep. there with you. I, I'll agree with that. I, if, if people wanted to tell me that they they fall asleep to my podcast or I suppose our podcast. Well, fall asleep to your voice, James. That would, that would, feel, pre- that would feel pretty good. I wouldn't say... I would expect my voice to be one that was worthy of falling asleep to. It's a bit too... People People are taking us to bed, James. <laughs> they are. <laughs> how, does, how does that feel? This is a new experience for me. Okay, well, that's a nice... That was a nice thing to say. So, I, yeah, thank you for that. Um, 
And also uh, to my friend Rachel, who said she listened partly to the last episode, and that that's as, that's as much feedback as we got. Partly, partly. great, love it. Thank I you. I don't Rachel. I don't know how much uh, how much partly is. Is that is that like half an hour? I would be surprised if anyone listened to the whole of the last one. That that microphone situation was a shame. I'll agree. No, I'll agree. I, if anybody did manage to get through that entire episode last week, uh, a medal of honor is in the post. Yeah, we'll give you a we'll give you we'll give you a prize. Let us know. Right. Okay. This week uh, on Cecil Parades, it's uh, more of the kind of bitty bittiness that you've come to know and love. Uh, from us, not really an awful lot happening, apart from, you know, like a royal wedding, but nobody cares about that. Uh, oh, man, including yeah. myself on Saturday on Radio Clyde, and I got in quite a lot of trouble for that, but that's a story for another day. Colin's lost his job. <laughs> no, not yet, James, not yet. Lost it. It's gone. It's in the offing, but uh, <laughs> more updates as, as, they, as they come. Uh, let's start with Spider-Man 2 now. Now, going back in the, the, the Marvel bandwagon, uh, the developments are starting to come through for the Homecoming sequel. If you've not seen the the uh, the first one, I'd, I'd recommend it. Tom Holland is is uh, good fun as Spider-Man. It's not the greatest Spider-Man film of all time. I I don't think it's... It's a fun film. It's fun, yeah. It's, it's a popcorn thing, is what I'd say. I wouldn't go to sleep to it. No, no you wouldn't. And it might put you to sleep at some points, but nonetheless, the kind of rumor mill started up for the second one. This one seems to be a bit more based in fact, though. The villain for the sequel is meant to be none other right. than Jake Gyllenhaal. As sorry, Jake Gyllenhaal's the actor. He's not the villain. He's the, the villain actor. is Jake Gyllenhaal, <laughs> the, the actor who's meant to be playing the villain. His is superpowers Jake Gyllenhaal. are acting. Shut up. Jake Gyllenhaal as Mysterio. Handsomeness. Sorry, I think that was lost in there. Let's try that again. Jake Gyllenhaal as Mysterio. Uh, now, if anybody doesn't initially be like, oh, yeah, of course, we know who that is. Most people Mysterio don't... or Jake Gyllenhaal? Mysterio, not um, okay. Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, I'd be slightly concerned if nobody knew who he was, and, and we're also listening to this podcast. But nonetheless, if you don't know who he is, Spider-Man has kind of a knack, or rather Marvel and the, the creators of these films, uh, Sony as well, have a knack for kind of digging out the classic villains who have never been seen on screen before and being like, you know what? Sure, let's let's put this guy into our film. And they've done that with the lizard in one of the previous reboots. Dr. Octopus, who nobody really knew before he was in that film. Yeah. Green Goblin, I'd argue, is probably the most high profile and everyone kind of is like, oh yeah, Green Goblin, fair enough. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But Mysterio is kind of a, a slightly unusual choice. He's kind of a mix of sorcerer and also he has like a fishbowl on his head. Uh, James, initial thoughts, Jake Gyllenhaal entering the Marvel Universe as is every other A-list actor in the world? I'd be fine with this. I like Jake. And I like Mysterio as a character. He doesn't seem so super. He's kind of like Darren Brown with a fishbowl on his head. Essentially, yes. special effects and hypnotizes people. And that's his thing. And I like that. It would be because everyone else, all the superheroes we have, right? All the supervillains are just like tech guys or literal evil gods. So if they've just got like some normie that is going about doing doing magic tricks, that seems fun. I mean, from this description here, he sounds a bit like a mix of Loki and Doctor Strange in that he apparently creates elaborate illusions to commit crimes against Spider-Man. <laughs> sounds great. I mean, it sounds really cool, but I've seen I've seen a lot of behind the scenes for for magic shows, and you, you have to have the audience standing in very specific places to fool them. So. I don't know how he's going to be prepared for Spider-Man and his like th- ability to move in all the planes. I think it also says a lot for someone like Jake Chillenhall that he's kind of willing to... I mean, who knows if he's just going for the payday or whatever. He's desperate for work. But he's going as the he's going for the villain in a sequel to a Spider-Man film. He's not, you know, 
aiming or ailing to be kind of the the, the A-list star in the new Marvel franchise. He's just, he, you know, he's he kind of following what Michael Keaton did in the well, first maybe, one. Michael Keaton was the villain. He was awesome. Maybe he's hoping for, maybe he's hoping for like a anti-hero spinoff. Well, a Venom style. M- Mysterio does tricks to save the day. <laughs> okay. And kill bad guys. I think that's, I think that if that goes through would be brilliant. I think Jake Gyllenhaal would be excellent in that. Yeah, I, I I agree. This sounds interesting. So Jake, let us know if it's true. Right. Okay. Moving on. John Wick three. If you haven't seen John Wick or any of the, the, the either the first one or the second one, um, <laughs> oh, if any of there's so if you haven't seen any of the two, if you if you haven't seen either two. Now I know I say that quite a lot for any film if we're talking about it, like oh if you haven't seen that make sure you see it. But genuinely, go and see it. It's not like we're talking about uh, the Huntsman franchise. Yeah. In which. The, both films are terrible mm-hmm. or if we were talking about kind of twilight or yep. the maze runner yep. in which i would not say go out and see them but go- for this one i would yes you've made it sound worse by but with that analogy there okay let's try that again john wick chapter three is out uh, next year and they've just announced uh, some more cast now i'd like to discuss one a wee bit uh, in depth because some of the cast for this one i'd say are kind of out of left field halle berry right. is playing the lead female Okay. Uh, and uh, Angelica Houston, and the other one which stuck out for me is Jason Manzukas, right? Who's a comedian, the crazy guy. Yeah, yeah. He's if you you might not recognize the name, you would hundred percent recognize the face. Yeah, Jason Manzukas. He is in every. He's like in kind of like horrible bosses two and like, you know bad neighbors two and yeah game just, nights or all, the, all these kind of kind of average, crazy eyes just yeah. think of the crazy eyesest actor you can and you'll probably land on jason manzoukas crazy guy who is occasionally funny he's now being cast as in this right threequel but the, this is the thing about the john wicks and i don't i don't mean to spoil it by telling you what some of the characters are there's their assassins all right so i think when you've got a car- like just all your side characters are probably also going to be assassins, either that or the bad guy. Um, you can have people from all kinds of backgrounds, and it makes it more interesting. So you got different people to act as different kinds of assassins. I don't expect they'll have Manzukas in there to be funny. Well, I hope not. I hope he's just going to be like the crazy assassin guy. But That's some a famous of the, person. Some of what makes John Wick work is that it does have touches of humor. It does. And it also does, it has had touches of fame in the pa- in the previous films. Yeah, well, you've already got Ian McShane and Lawrence Fishburne and Keanu Reeves, of course. Yeah, uh, think, think even further back, go to number one, who was a sniper buddy. You got Willem Dafoe as well. Yeah, everyone's favourite Willem Dafoe. <laughs> everyone's favourite. So that's that to me is quite interesting. The thing I would say, though, is and I know Jason Manzoukas is not a household name like Vince Vaughn, but when Vince Vaughn went to do a serious film. He, he did True Detective. Everyone was just like, oh, it's just Vince Vaughn. He's, yeah. he, he can't be serious. He's a funny guy. Well, I think people would see Jason Manzoukas as the same thing. I mean, he might just be a, like a light-hearted character, and that would be okay. I don't really know what they're going for. It is These names are a bit less. They fit in a bit less than previous famous people. That were like Halle Berry? Halle Berry, I don't know. She's just going to be... Maybe they're just going to make her Catwoman. Surprise <laughs> the role. They, they do have the issue of living up to the hype of the first and second one. The second one isn't quite as good, but they're both still excellent. Yeah, the second one was never going to be quite as good, but they are excellent. So uh, the pressure is on certainly to kind of round off the franchise in a, an equally visually appealing and interesting and 
sharp well way. well choreographed way and if you got the the red guys in there then surely that's a good sign for the choreography that's very true they've sorry i neglected to mention that they've uh, brought in a couple of the kind of supporting cast from the raid uh indonesian film 2011 which is one of my favorite films of all time uh, and the raid too indonesian film oh, some other year incredible also amazing which is arguably better than the first one actually yep okay let's move on um to the next kind of bit of casting news and we get some trailers uh, the punisher the Netflix series featuring John Bernthal, which was kind of debuted to mixed reviews. I think both of us thought it was okay. Yep. All right. John Bernthal was awesome. The rest of it was kind of the plot and some of the other characters, maybe not so good. Anyway, uh, season two, I think, is filming at the moment. They've confirmed the villain for season two. And as expected, it's Ben Barnes as Jigsaw. Now, Ben Barnes is in the first one. He's also in Westworld as Logan. He is he is very mm-hmm. very good. He just has like He's a great. villainy face. Yeah. Thoughts on this? Like a friendly, angry guy that you think, oh, I kind of like him, but he's bad. Oh, I like him, but he's oh no, I feel bad. Exactly like that. We've talked about this before. Marvel TV shows, just Marvel generally. Maybe the last few films they've corrected, but certainly TV, creating compelling villains. Yeah. Who are not just uh, some two-dimensional superhero ripoff. Yep. Talking about, you know, first season of Daredevil, Wilson Fisk, incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even David Tennant, Jessica Jones, another one. Yeah, incredible, yeah. And then the first half of Luke Cage, Cottonmouth. After that, In- yeah, incredible. there hasn't really, in any, of, in any of the other series, there hasn't really been anything. There's not really been anyone. There was like old lady. She was in all of them, though. So she was one of the, she was, she's been there from the start. So I don't really count her. She was a developed character. Whereas, if we're looking at um, Jigsaw, we've had the development for him being a bad guy. Yeah. I was I was hoping that they'd hold it off for a season. I, I didn't really want him to just come back into this one and, oh, he's, a, he's immediately a bad guy. I'd rather he comes back in a later season or a, uh, one of the big everyone's in the same season seasons. <laughs> but, but the thing is, I don't think they'd give the Punisher that many seasons. I think it's uh, it's one of these ones where it's like, right, we need to get onto the next one. We need to bring people in. What's what we got? What we got? These shows are not going to be, you know, anything like you know West Wing or whatever. They're not going to get seven, eight seasons of no. Daredevil or, or Luke Cage or whatever. It's going to be two, three. Daredevil maybe four, but the rest of them no. If it's going to be a two season long thing, then sure, bring them back. But I think even three, save them for the last one, make it a big thing, kill off Punisher at the end. Oh man, we didn't see that coming. This just feels. I don't know. If, like, it just feels like they're making one season of a thing rather than two. This doesn't feel like a separate season. And I prefer it when things do have defined seasons. Okay, news in brief. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch has signed up for a Channel 4 one-off drama, which currently has the working title Brexit. I wonder what that's going to be about. I have no idea. I'm expecting like an espionage thriller. Yeah. Which I suppose it kind of was. I mean, it is um, Sherlock Holmes Day, so it probably is something... Detective-y. Right. If they're As telling a, us this now. Talking of our news last week, Designated Survivor, Netflix are apparently in talks to pick up the third season, which we said was being cancelled and the show was kaput, but no, because it turns out Netflix uh, and the show itself is massive for them, especially in international markets, and yeah. they appear to be quite keen mm. to continue the show, which... Yeah, probably filming in, L- in LA then. <laughs> Let me um, express all of the joy I have over this news. <laughs> I just think... That, I mean, I know it's Kiefer Sutherland, and I know that, and I can see why people like the show. Yeah. But I just think it's poor. It's not bad, it's poor. Yeah. It's 
hastily, sketchily written. Yeah. The plot, uh, I don't know, it's just, it's clunky, dialogue's iffy. Looks great. Looks really pretty. And, and the thing is, I always forgave it because I was like, but this is clearly written for the Americans. Americans must love this because it's got all the patriotic <laughs> cliche bits. But they don't apparently it. it's the everyone else that likes it. Except, well, maybe we're the exception. Let us know, everybody. Have you watched this? Did you like it? Did you give up uh, two episodes into season two? <laughs> I made mean, it to the third episode and I thought, no. I'm not sure how many I watched. Not many. Okay, before we uh, get on to some trailers, uh, another bit of Netflix news. Barack and Michelle Obama have uh-huh. reportedly signed a multi-year partnership with Netflix yeah. to make things for them. Now, to make things, yeah. James, I don't even know where to start with this. Does this mean we're going to see uh, best performance in a miniseries or a limited <gasps> TV show, Barack Obama? Best director, Michelle Obama. Are we, are, are we literally talking about this or is this, you know, they're just going to be the executive producers? They're probably going to be the producers of, uh, in some form. Um, so they've got creative input, but they don't have to actually be talented. Uh, but you know, their names are going to make money for whoever gets them to do things. And I can go, I can one up this one that says make things, but I can tell you it's going to be TV and films. Ooh. Oh, okay. Ooh. They should do a podcast. I presume then they're just going to set up their own production house, like Obama fam. Obama fam. <laughs> yeah. That's, that sounds like a pharmaceutical company. See if they, see if they take that name. I'm 100% suing them for copyright, and I will win. Yeah, we got it now. It's ours. I'm going to get that domain. Obama fam. It, again, just sounds like you're going to sell some cheap drugs. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's maybe that's that's potentially what they're doing in the side job. I doubt it. I like the Obamas. Yeah. Well, see, this is this is interesting for me, because it's kind of like, what does a president do when he's not president? When he's done being president. I, I thought it was just like, you go about doing speeches. And stuff here and there. Being an after-dinner speaker for the next 20 years. Yeah, so maybe this is his way of doing speeches to everybody at once, all at the same time. Well, you've got some presidents who have come from the entertainment industry first. You know, Ronald Reagan was an actor. Yeah, and Donald Trump. And, well, yeah, Donald Trump, I suppose, as well. He was in, in a porno. <laughs> he was. And, uh, yeah, so this is, I guess he's doing the reverse, and that's that's cool. That's fair enough. I'm just interested to see what actually they, they come up with and if they actually have some uh, some fresh ideas, some interesting content, and not just 24-7 Obama. Here's a yeah, camera following around our daughters as they graduate. Yeah, I'd rather, I, don't, I hope it's not just about the Obamas. I hope it's just them, the things that they care about and they want to raise awareness for things. Yeah, I mean, imagine creating a show in which you just made it all about yourself and you you, know, you just filled the entire runtime just with yourself and your own voice and just kind of talked about yourself and dominated. That would be terrible. Made everybody listen to you and your opinions and stuff <laughs> and pretended that everyone had to care about it. Exactly. And, and, like, and, and tried to give the impression that you knew what you were doing as well. Yeah. And don't just make up stuff on the fly. Act like you've researched stuff. I Yeah. I yeah. can imagine the Obamas doing that. It would be a, that would be a shocking move. I'm glad that we're not like that. Who would do that? Who would? Anyway, some trailers now. Bohemian Rhapsody, the first trailer for the Freddie Mercury biopic, uh, which is fronted by Rami Malek of Mr. Robot fame. Mr. Robot. Had to think about that one. He was in an episode of 24. Uh, he was in the Pacific. He's also a knight at the museum. He was a uh, pharaoh, yeah. <laughs> he was indeed. Anyway, first trailer. Let's go. So now what? Uh, this is when the operatic section comes in. Oh, the operatic section, yeah. Okay, James, thoughts on this? I'd say it looks like everyone's doing a pretty good job. 
And, I, and the trailer was a bit weird, but I, everyone seems to be doing their job very well in this film. Yeah. I just don't know if it's going to have anything in it that I want to see. I think, and just from the trailer, and this is obviously, you know, it's uh, it's a it's a biopic as opposed to a, oh, this is going to happen, then this plot development's going to happen, then this villain is going to appear. Yeah. It's, it's, I think it's taking from, uh, it's maybe a seven-year period or perhaps uh, potentially longer than that. Uh, yeah, of them making it. And I think you're right. The performances, particularly uh, Rami Malek, and I suppose this is why he got the job, he does look phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, this, to me, looks like a film which will be praised for the acting, but everything else will be like, this is naff. Kind of like, yeah. as maybe the Iron Lady's a good example, where Meryl Streep was just like, oh, wow, you're you're literally Margaret Thatcher. But the rest of the film was pretty bad. Even Darkest Hour, Gary Oldman, he was awesome. Film wasn't great. He was good. Yeah, I think that's that you're right. That's the kind of film this might well be. And my, my, my biggest thing, my biggest thing about it, is the name my, pr- my promoting? Yeah, uh, I don't mean to promote this film too much, but <laughs> I, I don't like that they've called it Bohemian Rhapsody, and I don't know why I don't like that. Why? I just feel like it's meaningless. No, but it's better. It's it's better than calling it Queen. They could have called it Freddie. But again, you know, if call it Freddie, how many people might think it's no, to do with Freddy Krueger? Bohemian Rhapsody. Everybody knows instantly. Call it Freddie, and you you're guaranteed an Oscar. No, but if you call it Bohemian Rhapsody, you've already guaranteed an audience. That's the thing. I think it was just a move to get people to come in and see it because everyone knows the song. Well, yeah, you're going to call it that. You're not going to call it Freddy. Yeah. But this like, is oh, this, yeah. here's a biopic of Mr. Flintstone's life. Oh, yes. Starring Remy Malik in a fat suit. A sideways look at the life of Fred Durst. You're doing well. Keep, keep up. Keep going. <laughs> no. Wait, wait, wait. A behind-the-scenes documentary on the former England captain, Mr. Flintoff. These all sound like the next films that this team is going to make and they should have all been called freddy take a behind the scenes look at the child star of 2003's willy walker the chocolate factory freddy highmore you you remember that name i do mainly because i thought he was quite cute when i was a kid uh don't tell my mum. we won't we won't be allowed to watch it again yep, yep. <laughs> well oh. any other freddies there's a lot of freddies in the world yeah well, that's not bad, but you, 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 I think it looks good. I, I, I like the look of it. Uh, I think he'll probably pick up a few awards for that when that comes out. I think November time, which is kind of prime award season period. Yeah. So clearly the studio have, have seen this and be like, yeah, this is going to get us some, some recognition. Yeah, I'm, I'm open to this blowing my mind and being incredible. I just I find it hard to believe that this kind of film will be anymore after so many that just looked great. And were nice and were well acted, but weren't f- phenomenal. Okay, let's let's move uh, very quickly on. Time is off the essence. Mission Impossible Six, uh, Mission Impossible Fallout, to, to give it its official title, has released a new trailer, international yeah. trailer. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to play the first kind of 25 seconds of this because I have a point to make. Here we go. That's a long. That's a long clip. Go 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 go. Which way, Benji? Okay, go straight, 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 straight. Now turn right. Now? Yes. Go right. Are you sure? Yes. I'm... Now it's left. Turn left. Sorry, I had the screen lock on. What are you waiting for? I'm jumping out a window. Oh, sorry. Good luck, James. I want I want to hear you first of all. First of all, on this kind of opening to this Mission Impossible Six trailer. I accused the Last Jedi of having unfunny scenes. <laughs> yep, I was correct. But this this scene is equally unfunny. This takes it to a new level. No, it's as as unfunny as the Last Jedi, which is bad i don't i don't how how long 
I go, was this joke not funny anymore? Right. Well, my issue, my issue is twofold. First of all, this isn't the studio. This isn't the team who are filming Mission Impossible 6, or who filmed it, who've put together the trailer. That's done by an entirely separate team who basically just have the dailies. Yeah. The footage ingested, and they'd be like, oh, let's take that, and about that, and about that, about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we go. Horrors of Iraq. Like other trailers, they seem to have picked just the worst bits. The bits I'm just like, I don't want to see this film, because this looks dreadful and unfunny. They've made an incoherent trailer that kicks off with a scene that is confusingly shot, put together, yep. and is also really, really not funny. Maybe it would be funny if you weren't seeing it in a trailer. I don't know. But now it's just not funny forever. You're right. It's incoherent because one minute Tom Cruise is on the bridge. It cuts to Simon yeah. Pegg and the next minute he's in a building. The very next second. No one moves that fast. Not even Tom Cruise who does his own stunts. And the second point I had was that this is Mission Impossible. This film, st- these, this franchise, however many decades ago it started, started off as a kind of like a diehard-esque thriller. It wasn't meant to be a, the whole, let's have a great time for 90 minutes popcorn thing. Hmm. I know Die Hard kind of eventually became that. Yeah. But that wasn't the goal. The goal was to make a solid action movie. Well, this... I wouldn't say that so much as because they've had different directors for every single one of them. I like the way they've done the Mission Impossible. No, 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 but not the last three. Direct- yeah, I know. Chris McQuarrie's done the last three. Yeah, so they gave, they gave each director something to do. And they should have kept changing it. So when we had five, it should have felt different from four. And six should have felt different from five. Four and five feel very similar, but they're both yeah. very good. And we're going to have six and it's going to feel the same, but maybe not be very good. Who knows? We'll find out. They should have just kept chopping the director because all of the Mission Impossibles have been at least good. Some of them worse than others. Some of them excellent. They should have kept chopping it. However, this does have the best scene in any Mission Impossible <laughs> film, trailer, entire ever universe. How? Superman reloads his arms when he's going to fight someone. <laughs> or, he, or he dislocates his elbows. I'm not really he sure. Does the, he does the whole, like, thing, except with yeah, his arms. Yeah, and they put the sound effects on it, and it sounds like metal. It's like, clunk-clunk. Well, maybe, he does have, maybe, maybe that's his gimmick. Maybe he's got metal arms. It's like James Bond villains, always having a yeah, defect. Maybe he's got, like, a, a an exoskeleton on under his, under his suit. But yeah, the trailer seems to just give the film away, but very incoherently. Right, so, okay. And don't the watch it. Kind of descending order of trailers I don't like. Let's go on to Mowgli. Now, Mowgli is the... Uh, oh, I see the order now, The yeah. first trailer for the Andy Serkis-directed Jungle Book movie. Now, I know what you're saying. Gritty reboot. Wasn't there already a Jungle Book live-action movie? And you would be right. There was a John Favreau-directed movie yeah. called Jungle Book. came out about yeah. two years ago. And it was a bit charming. It was lovely. It was yeah. beautifully shot. It wasn't like Paddington level charming, but it was charming. Yeah, no, no. It was, it was, I thought it was brilliant. And of course, it's never going to be the original, I know, but voice cast, visuals, plot, I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. This is the kind of competitor, and it's called Mowgli, and let's have a quick listen. The jungle is no longer safe for you. You must stay in the village. It will be all right. Little brother, when I found you all those seasons ago, I thought I could teach you how to belong, but I was wrong, Mowgli. In fact, James, I'm going to start off with this one. I'm going to get your thoughts off of the back of it. Absolutely. I did not like this at all. I think 
first of all, and I, I know we again, studios have a, a kind of a thing about doing similar or even identical movies yeah. very soon after each other. For mm-hmm. example, you've got White House Down, Olympus Has Fallen, both about the White House being destroyed in a terrorist attack, right. released about three months apart. Mm-hmm. Then you've got Noah and Moses, both films yeah. done by, sorry, Moses, Exodus, both films, biblical epics, released months apart. There are so many examples of this. This is a historical thing, yeah. And this is another one in which one studio has done Jungle Book and someone else has been like, oh, wait, we should probably do one too. Let's do let's do one as well. Well, they probably had it in the works, yeah. So WB, the big old burrows, came in and wanted to do a, a gritty version of the Jungle Book story. Right, so my problem is with this, is with the trailer and with the tone. Jungle Book, the John Favreau one, mm-hmm. worked... And because it was fun, it was kind of playful, and it was kind of like almost a wee bit tongue-in-cheek that you knew it was just, oh, there's Bill Murray voicing a bear. There's Idris Elba as a scary sheer can. Uh-huh. Whereas this one, you're right, it's kind of like the Dark Knight of Jungle Book films. It's just like taking itself... Wait, no, but the Dark Knight was good. This is like the Dark Knight Rises Sorry, of Jungle you're right. Book. Dark Knight Rises of, of, of Jungle Book. It's, it's taking itself far too seriously mm-hmm. and like jungle book was never meant to be a gritty epic it was meant to be a fun film i'm okay with them trying to make it a gritty epic if it looks good this just doesn't look good and even the yeah, even the visuals are kind of off the visuals look wrong the the voices are all weird sheer can his voice is the worst of all he sounds like a transformer <laughs> it's really weird I I like some of it. I don't really know how much I can remember that I liked, but most of the trailer is kind of like, eh, I don't don't care. This looks wrong. The one thing, the one thing I did like about this is that they seem to have kind of gone back more to the original plot of the animated film in which Mowgli ends up with a family. Yeah. An actual human family, which was not referenced at all in the Jungle Book. Yeah. So he's like, he's not, as he says, he's he's not a man, but he's, he's not a wolf. Oh, what is he? He's Mowgli. He's Wolverine. He's Freddy. <laughs> okay. Anyway, last but not least, in terms of trailers we hate, here we go. The Happy Time Murders, which is a, a name you'll probably see uh, more and more of in the next few months because it's a, bit, it's a bit of a novelty. It's an R-rated Muppets film, which has come from... Yeah. Well, it's an R-rated Muppets-esque film. No, no, it's it's from the guy who did all the other ones. Yeah, but it's not got any of the Muppets in it. Uh, very true. Okay, so it's Jim Henson uh, who did, you know, the uh, Muppets Christmas Carol and the Muppets in 2011, which was hilarious. Uh and uh, except it's a mix of, in fact, when I say except, it's a mix of Muppets and Human. Mm-hmm. And it's a, a tale of Melissa McCarthy and a Muppet solving a murder spree. Yeah, they're policemen. Yeah. And they do, they get up to some serious hijinks like drugs <laughs> and sex, but no rock and roll. Right. So the trailer is out. There's probably rock and roll too. The trailer's out. Let's just, let's just play a little bit. This wasn't a robbery. This was a hit. Welcome. Someone out there <gasps> is killing puppets. Hey, handsome. You looking for some rotten cotton? I'm a woman. That's okay. Yeah, that's even you better. Got a good time for you. <laughs> I hated this. Absolutely hated it. It was a constant mess. Not a single frame of this film made me want to see it. And the comedy, if you can call it that, is absolutely abysmal. Yep. It was shark. None of it was funny. None of it was funny. The trailer had no funny bits. Maybe, though this is the only thing that is a maybe, the trailer is done by the same guys that did the trailers for Spy. And that also looked really not funny in the trailers. True. And then it turned out to be funny. 
So maybe this film will just do... Because that was Melissa McCarthy as well. And that was her getting up to some hijinks and stuff. Maybe this film's the same. They've made a terrible trailer for what might be a decent film. It just seems like they're going for the... Hey, look at what we can make puppets that are, look like kind of bit like Muppets do. And yeah. it's just cheap. They haven't done anything intelligent. They've just gone, oh, look, it's, it's Muppets doing doing adult things. Haha. <laughs> just the, the very last scene of this trailer, which seems to go on for an interminably long time, is so unfunny yep. that I was the whole time was just thinking, what about those poor actors who had to stand there? I mean, not poor, they probably got paid a fortune. What had about to stand those there. wealthy actors who had to be paid to do that? Just watch this horrendously... Mm unfunny scene unfold the kind it, of, it's overly long but it wasn't it was not uncomfortable which is boring what, yeah you're right and it's but it's just so disappointing because the Muppets from this creator Jim Henson or Jim Henson's son uh, the Muppets films have always or most of the time been good value for, for money like you always kind of have a good time if you see a Muppets film this one just looks dreadful absolutely dreadful yeah what they saw was the Deadpool film and they went, oh, let's do the Muppets, but that... Okay, well, that, uh, I don't think it's out for a few months yet, but... Uh, I, you know what, I'd suggest you go and watch the trailer, just so you know what I'm talking about, because this is... Yeah. It's awkward to watch. It's just... Yeah, it's a waste It's a waste of your minutes, but go do it. Okay. Uh, the Royal Wedding was on Saturday. Speaking of wastes of your minutes... <laughs> okay. Royal Wedding was on Saturday, where Prince Speaking Harry... Speaking of things that are overly long and unfunny... <laughs> wedded Meghan Markle, the... Uh, U.S. actress. Well, Speaking of Muppets, I don't suppose you can't say that about the seventh in line to the fro- to the throne, James. <laughs> um, yeah, so that happened. That was the thing that happened on Saturday. Uh, a, a poll just released on the Friday found that apparently seventy five percent of Scots did not care about the royal wedding. James, were you in that seventy five? I, I I must ask. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to ruin my streak of not caring by talking about it. Okay. Because I, I am of the belief that the two ways that you can care about the royal wedding is by caring about it and by expressing that you don't care about it. What do you mean? I think anyone out there that's at any point told people that they don't care about the royal wedding, they care too much about the royal wedding. Because they have to say they don't care. No, because they knew when it was, they knew it was happening. <laughs> they cared enough to about their reputation to say they didn't care. I'm ruining my rep now, but just to cover it for a bit, I thought it was on the Friday. I thought it was done. <laughs> I wake, I woke up, I waked up on the Saturday, popped on my Twitter, and there was still royal wedding stuff, and I realized, oh no, it's a whole other day of this. Do you know what's worse is when it was happening, and then you actually were also working, and I had to... Well, we're supposed to be running it as the top story, but then used your editorial judgment and decided to talk about Celtic and Motherwell instead in the cup final. Which I think more more people in your area, your broadcast area, would have cared about. Oh, this is my point. This is what I said. I said, look, 75% of people did not care about this wedding. And so therefore, I think our listeners would prefer to hear about Brendan Rodgers and Celtic about to do the double treble for an historic blah 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 or Motherwell winning their first trophy for 27 years yeah. as opposed or or you know Living, or Livingston Livingston going into a promotion <laughs> fight the next day yeah 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 uh, absolutely yeah. yeah Livingston right up there as opposed to English vo- I'm sorry no offense against English people but Clyde's listeners are a very picky bunch as opposed to English people talking about what Megan's dress might look like People just don't it, care. And so, James, my question is, 
as a news or a entertainment outlet as the news as the news yeah people get their news from us mm-hmm. should we in retrospect have had the wedding you know wall-to-wall coverage top story here's nah. a here's a so-called expert talking about the dress when in reality nobody cares I mean, wall to wall, no. Put, put it in the news, sure, because enough people did care about it. Uh, it's really weird to me that it seems the further away from the royal wedding you are, the more you care. Nation, like in terms of nationality, America seemed to be all about it. Oh, they love it. Um, I don't think it anywhere deserved wall to wall coverage. It's just two people getting married and slowly making their way there in a, on a on a in a carriage. <laughs> uh, and, and like a bunch of celebrities arriving to attend, um, some well dressed and some slightly less well dressed. David Beckham, by the way, looked incredible. He did. He looked like he did. He did look very good. Someone <laughs> must have dressed him. Can imagine he probably had a team of stylists. It wasn't an interesting day. I didn't try to avoid the news. I didn't try to catch the news. I just didn't read it. Um, I'm sure people, if they wanted to hear, if this is for anyone out there that's confused by what we're talking about. This is Scottish football. I'm sure people that would have wanted to hear about the Scottish football would have been more angry about hearing about the Royal Wedding than anyone that wanted to hear about the Royal Wedding would have been about hearing football. I think one of the more interesting points, and you touched on it there, is the international interest. I mean, my flatmate, uh, John, who was uh, decrying me the other day because I've never actually mentioned his name, but hi, hi John. John. He was watching. He watches a lot of American talk show right. kind of like things very very left wing mm-hmm. and uh they're all be like yeah the royal wedding and everybody was so excited and they're like oh i can't wait for this it's gonna be amazing and prince harry and this and this and this and, and cnn studio on the top of a building in windsor was the biggest one there that by an absolute mile and um and they were all running ahead of the uh mass shooting exactly this and this yeah. is the other thing so on friday in which i was also working because i hate my life um there was a mass shooting in texas Great yep. stuff. Mm-hmm. Ten, 10 people dead, I think. Yep. Eight of them students. Mm-hmm. And both the BBC and Sky, as this was breaking, as the shooter was being arrested and uh, the fatalities were starting to come in, neither of their 24-hour channels decided to drop any of their wall-to-wall coverage to talk about the fact that children yep. were being shot in Texas. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, I think I... I probably angrily posted on Twitter about this, despite the fact I should be impartial and try not to jeopardise any future employment with uh, either one, although I don't think... Uh, Congrats, well done, uh, you did a good to job. Me, it's fine, I, I didn't want to work for them anyway. Um, uh, but, what I will say to the right, right now, though... Well, no, no, but do you see my point? In that, that was happening... I got you. And both, were, both channels were too busy talking about, oh yeah, this is what the dress might look like. How do you fill 24 hours before the wedding? The dress is going to be white and boring. Cool, great. Talking about a wedding that hasn't happened yet. All... Uh, I'm going to say right now is that I, an apology to everyone out there because we have failed to talk about the Scottish football on this episode of the podcast and we have failed to talk about yet another mass shooting and instead we've grumbled about people talking about a wedding and therefore we are the worst of all. We're not even talking about the wedding, we're talking about people talking about the wedding. I'm sorry to everyone that's listening. I'm glad you're with us, though. I'm glad that the Seesaw Parade was not happening, like, just before the wedding, because... <laughs> the day before. Or the day, yeah, because that would have been a, a, an unmitigated disaster. Uh, but now, with the, 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 the benefit of, of time and hindsight, I can unleash the anger. And also, hopefully, n- none of my colleagues have listened to this, because... Uh, no, they haven't. Oh, it's too Hi, bad. I'll do it colleagues. That. The wedding happens. There probably won't be another one for a while. I don't really know. 
There's probably going to be babies and stuff that we have to talk about <laughs> again. I don't know. The royal, the royal wedding, the royals. I think we all cared a little bit too much. Just you know, let them go do diplomacy and stuff quietly. Okay, right. Anyway, James, I think this has uh, brought us to the end of the show. Uh, nice and succinct today, actually. Not kind of massively overrunning as we usually do. That was a speed run, and we've hit the hit the right hit the minute mark. We've done Absolutely. well. Absolutely. You're le- you're learning. Uh, I'm now going to go and take a week long holiday, which I am very much looking forward to because I just need to chill out and not be talking about royal wedding stuff. Yeah. I'm. What are you going to do for the next seven days? Maybe sleep for most of it because going up to Lewis, it's not very much further north, but my goodness, was it a lot brighter at the nighttime. <laughs> I hardly slept. The room was daytime at three in the morning. But I like that. No, I can't, I can't sleep if it's bright. And then I'll get back to work. Sleep, then work. Woo! Okay. Okay, well, enjoy that. And I will see you and all you lovely people who hopefully shared our views on the royal wedding next week. Yeah. Tweet us. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Twitter, Gmail, Facebook, Snapchat, all at Seesaw Parade. Letters, if you know my address. If you know my address, just come say hi. It'd be nice to chat. I'll I'll make you a coffee. Okay. All right, James, I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye, Colin. Have a nice holiday. Bye, everyone else. Enjoy no holiday. Unless you're having a holiday. And enjoy it, too.